Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to a live Q&A with yours truly. For those who joining me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rez, also known as Coach Josh. And my goals have made sense in your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching, if you're like, man, I like this guy's vibe, go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been subscribed for years ago, or if it's just been minutes ago, I want to say thank you so much for subscribing to my YouTube channel. I pray um, that my videos and content and resources continues um, to be a great support as you navigate this life. But as everyone is coming in, let me know what city, what state, what country you're watching from. And as everyone is coming in, I'm going to just go ahead and just give you, uh, make you abreast of a couple things. My latest book, um, The Wholeness Journal. Is now available. Um, it's my eighth book. Um, this is a, a, a great resource for those who just really want to just assess their wholeness and to assess whether or not they're able to hold the things that they want to hold correctly and to prepare them to hold the things they desire to hold. So this journal has a, a year's journal in there. There's uh, 25 articles uh, to help you process wholeness better. And there's about 100 plus questions in this journal that's going to really help you uh, process whether or not uh, um, you are whole or ready um, to hold the things of life. So that book now is available on either my website, IamUnplugged.com, or you can simply go to Amazon and get that book. There's some other books you can get on my on Amazon as well, like The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great book there to really help you process your singleness. We also got those, just in case you struggle with soul ties, we got a book called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds, a great resource there. If you want to develop your discernment or to be able to determine what uh, the difference between a counterfeit or a counterpart, this book right here is going to be a good resource for you, for you as well. And we have plenty other books on on my website or on YouTube as well, including this book called Dating Prep, How to Date God, How to Date Yourself and to Become Dateable, so you can date the love of your life forever. We also got shirts and card games all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Now we got some people in the building. Let's get right into the comments. Let's see here. Oh, give me one second. All right. From Switzerland. Thank you, young you new. Thank you so much for watching from Switzerland. We're glad to have you in here. Stephanie, thank you for watching from Durham. We're glad to have you. My brother, Kenny DeMack. Make sure y'all follow him. This brother is a great resource, biblically, apologetically, all that good stuff, man. Just a great, great resource. My brother, Kenny Mack. My brother says college, man. Great, great guy. Queening. Hey, coach from Houston. Thank you for watching. I am jealous of Houston. I'm just a lot of these cities that I'm seeing because y'all have amazing food. You know, Houston is, is, is one of those foodie spots that I can't wait to be a, uh, uh, there. Angie B, what's going on from New York? We got Al Albany uh, in the building. Thank you for your Nashville. Uh oh, we got uh, uh, Nashville in the building. Thank you so much for watching. Belinda Ramsey from Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you, my brother. My brother said, get the books, man. You got to obey Kenny Mack, man. It is what it is. JoJo Davis says, hey, what's up, coach? It's JoJo out of Fort Worth. What's up, family? How do I get over losing a female friend after she didn't listen to me about drinking and party too much? Well, I have a two-pearl limit, my friend. Uh, um, uh, the first pearl is, is, is my initial advice, my initial counsel, or my initial support. Uh, the second pearl is just in case maybe you didn't really hear me the first time. And after that, live your best life. At that time, after the second pearl, I'm not here to waste no more pearls. 
I'm not here to waste any more time or energy. And, and when it comes to focus and when it comes to life, uh, we got to make sure we take care of ours instead of focusing too much on how to help others. And so even if you lose a friend, you didn't lose a friend. You lost someone that didn't want you um, to, to uh, advise them. And sometimes you have to understand. I'm, I, I know this uh, as a living witness. Most people, they kind of avoid me after a period of time because what I represent. When you represent truth and you represent a uh, real friendship and you represent uh, uh, um, uh, truth, grace and truth, word of God said Jesus came as uh, uh, he was a uh, grace and truth. And, and so if you graciously given the truth, most people kind of avoid you because they want to go do what they want to do. They want to go see for themselves. And so uh, the best thing is to be uh, to continue to have your goals, to continue to have your why. Why are you living? And oftentimes you'll realize in life, the more you live, the the more people you lose because most people are not willing to live the life you desire to live, nor do they want to see that type of lifestyle because it makes them uncomfortable in theirs. So, hey, what's up, coaches? Jojo, how do I get over losing a friend after she didn't listen? To, <clears throat> excuse me. After she didn't listen to me about drinking and partying too much. Hey, man, we got it's, you had a fork in a row. And a lot of times you get into a place where. You get into a fork in a road where you have to go one way, the other goes another way. And you have to have a strong why or why you must live your life. And you have to really understand that in this life, you will lose friends. In this life, you will lose a lot of things. But in this life, do not lose yourself. And if you feel like you're losing yourself trying to keep a person uh, uh, abreast or, or, or afloat, then my friend, it's time to let them go. Hope to help. And people are going to do what they want to do. And you have to let them do what they want to do. You have to let people go do it. Because sometimes uh, one thing about sin, sin will either sin will always produce one or two outcomes. Either sin will produce a prodigal son experience where sin will literally have them come to themselves and then they'll come back to God. Or they'll come back to you as a resource that then you point them back to God. Or sin will take them into consequences. Sin will take them into destruction. Sin will take them definitely. You have to let sin have its course. If not, then you'll just be hoarse trying to tell a person over and over again on how they should live their life. Queen says, how do you stay consistent in daily tasks and pursuing destiny? Thank you, coach. No problem. The number one thing that keeps me going is the realities of life. The Bible says it is appointed for every man and woman to die. And after that, the judgment. Now, which one of those two options is the worser one? The worser part is not death. The worser part is standing before your intelligent designer without your destiny fulfilled. That's worse. So the real strong why is what the scripture says, I work unto the Lord. I'm working for his glory. I'm working from a place of, of, of appreciation of the opportunity to be in association with God into working for him, right? And so what continuously um, keeps me on me personally, on my daily task of destiny is legacy. And not only just legacy, but the glory of God, not just the glory of God, but that if when I continuously pursue what God wants me to do, it becomes a beacon of light that brings other people to God, right? And so what keeps me going is realizing that you spell time, L-I-F-E. And there's going to be countless of people who's going to stand before God. And, and God's going to be like a queen and the, uh, the entrepreneur or queen and um, the teacher come forward. And, and, and if you're queening the accountant, you're going to be held accountable 
for the things you didn't do in accordance. And God's going to be like, there's no excuse on why you didn't pursue me. There's no excuse on why you didn't pursue your destiny. I fearfully and wonderfully made you. I made you for such a time as this. There's, I don't care what your mama did, dad did, mom, dad didn't do. I don't care who was your last boo. I don't care if you feel like you don't have a clue. God said, when you look at my handiwork, you know that I'm an intelligent designer. And if I'm an intelligent designer, there must be something special about you who I designed fearfully and wonderfully, which then will put you in a position to say, okay, God, does my soul know? The Bible says my soul knows it well. Is your soul well enough to know yourself well, to know what you were created to be as a wellspring for somebody else? And what keeps me um, consistent is that there's so many lives connected to my destiny. I, I Like I had a meeting with a student today and she was talking about life and talking about what she want to do and how she is called. She feels like she's called to be a teacher, but her parents want her to think that uh, she should be something else. I said, man, you ain't going to you ain't gonna answer to your parents, fam. You're going to answer to God. And I said, if you listen to your parents, and then you succeed because of what they want you to do. What about the countless of kids that you were supposed to be their chemistry teacher? You were supposed to be their science teacher. How many kids will have lost themselves, lost their identity because you didn't know who you were, right? And that's why it's important to say, you know what, man? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that every day I embrace the life the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will. That means it's a choice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is the gladness and the rejoicing of the opportunity to have another day that gives you insight, discernment, and ability to really engage the day the way God wants you to engage it. And that's important. So how do you stay consistent in daily tasks knowing that you're going to have to answer to God? And you're going to be held accountable for everything you do in his body in accordance to his will and purpose. And there is no excuse under the sun, S-O-N, that will cause you uh, um, not to be accountable, right? The Bible says, um, be very careful how you build on the foundation of Jesus. The Bible says some will build with hay and straw. Some will build with gold and precious stones. But the word of God says everybody's work will be tried by fire. And even though that person's soul is saved, all their works is burnt. I saw a video. It says how heaven can be hell. Heaven can be hell for some people. And I'm not saying it's going to be hell. Hear me. It's a metaphor because people will go to heaven, even though they were saved, even though they made it to heaven, it's going to be heavy to hear, man, I didn't really, really appear down there on the earth. I really wasn't the one I needed to be to help the people that God sent me to help. So you have to understand the reality is that after death, there's a judgment. Uh, but that judgment is with a loving God who says, I am here to help you be who you need to be because your destiny is important. Either the absence of your destiny can lead to many's destruction or the presence of your destiny can lead other people um, uh, for delivering on their purpose as well. Rose Purple says, how can I stop lusting and daydreaming about someone? Well, the issue could be is that someone hurt you or someone affected you that's causing you to be lusting of another, Right. Lusting is an overbearing desire for something. When you have an overbearing desire for a person, chances are you are overly designed, desiring the idea of that individual, not actually the individual. There's people who, who have an idea of me, and when they really meet the individual of me, they get, uh, they're no longer intrigued by me because now they met the real me, right? But when people get so caught up in the idea of a person, it's because we live in a social media era, and you can binge someone's life.
You can binge watch somebody's life. And if everybody, if all you see is someone's anointing or someone's highlights, then you will be caught up on only one phase of their life. And then all of a sudden you will be so caught up in the individual, thinking about the individual that you distract yourself from becoming the individual that you need to be or distract you from meeting with the individual that will let you know who you are. So how do you can you can stop lusting? I want you to write that person's name down. I want you to write down the reasons why you are lusting for them. I want you to write down what are the reasons about them that you're desiring from them and ask yourself, what is the root reason of why you're desiring this individual? And then I want you to really start processing your own heart in comparison to why you desire much from him or her more than you desire from God. Right. And so what you got to do is in order to stop daydreaming, you got to find the reason for your day. You got to have better dreams about your day. The daydreaming about your day cannot be about a person. If It has to be about the person who is God. You have to start dreaming and then being inspired throughout your day to make a way for you, to make a way for your children's children, to make a way for the gospel to be advanced, to make a way for the kingdom of God uh, to be advanced, to make a way for, for you to be in position to have the day that you desire, wedding day, family days. You see what I'm saying? Date days with, the, with your boo. And you can't allow yourself to be so caught up and consumed by this individual. And, 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 and it's idolatry is what it is. It's lust is what it is. And you have to repent. You have to go to God and say, I repent for this daydreaming. I repent for loving this person, desiring this person more than you. And the Holy Spirit, come in and unplug and uproot the dents and help me really become polished so I can really be the one that you can use. It just boils down to repentance for a lot of different things and going to God and really being honest with him about why your heart is desiring this person more than it needs to. And then the Holy Spirit will then guide you through the corridors of your heart, letting you see the reason why. Um, you are so consumed by this individual. Hope to help because only you know the root. <clears throat> All right, Owen. Hey, coach, I have a question. My father-in-law was a morally good man, but he did not have faith. He passed away recently, and I was wondering if you could provide any word of encouragement. Well, the only encouragement is, is that you, no one is 100% sure whether or not a person made it or not. There's a lot of people who have faith in God, quote unquote. They look like they walk with God, quote unquote, but they're not walking the street and goals right now. They're walking through the pits of hell burning. All right. There's people who you will assume that this person don't live for God. This person's a hell raiser, but we don't know um, how many prayers they were raising for repentance and for support. And they were just so deep rooted in cycles and addictions. And the church wasn't really equipped to help the individual or that person just lost. But that person found Christ last moment. Right. So at the end of the day, we can't consume ourselves on whether or not a person uh, was morally good and didn't have faith what they have or not, because we don't know what the last conversation or the last opportunity. The word of God says he wish above all that all men will be saved. But the reality is men are not going to accept it because their hearts are hard. But I bet you I bet you better believe that God is gracious enough to give a person even on their last breath an opportunity to repent with them. And if that person chooses not to, then hell is their option. They just have pride and don't want to be with God, right? But I'm pretty sure God, <coughs> excuse me, being a loving God that he is, makes a way for, for those he desires to be his kids, right? But to the encouragement is, is to learn from what you got from that person. What principles, what uh, insight, what lifestyle, what about that person's life can encourage you that you can... Uh, <coughs> Uh, equip uh, yourself with 
or install into your life to be the one that you need to be, right? And secondly, uh, uh, what, ha- what is the gospel doing to you? Are, are, are you, uh, the Bible says, uh, build yourself up in your most uh, most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, um, examine yourself to see if you are even other faith. Uh, uh, we can't worry about the faith of another man. We got to worry about the faith that I have as a man. And then that's what's going to help me go forward. That's what's going to encourage me uh, uh, um, to develop and become the man. So one, you learn from that individual's life, whatever the good things were. Then you begin to uh, allow the gospel to continue to shape you examining your faith, building your faith to go forward. And then, man, just enjoy your life because now you have an opportunity to live. What are you supposed to live for? I know grief is a process, man, and it is. And so you uh, make sure that you go to God to be strengthened for yourself and for your uh, wife and, and just continue to understand the beauty of life because don't allow grief to be a distraction from you uh, living your life. So I encourage you that God still has a reason for you to live, to go forward, to be a strength to your wife, to be a strength to your family. Um, But don't get so caught up in in the legalities of something that you wasn't a judge of. Because when you get so caught up on thinking about what the judge has done, then you'll forget about what the judge wants you to get done. Hope to help. Joshua Pittman says, hey, coach, why do people believe? Why do people? Why do you believe people have physical afflictions and limitations? Because people have mental limitations, physical limitations, physical afflictions is due to mental afflictions and mental limitations. Mental limitations and mental afflictions is the result of 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 a, of a spirit that's not invigorate or that vigor doesn't have any vigor in it um, to do uh, or fulfill the vision that God has for it. And so people just put limits on themselves because of what their mama said, daddy said, uh, the type of home they was brought up in uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, just checking on my wife, making sure she ain't text me or call me or anything uh, as she's coming home. Uh, but that's just how it is. Um, and you have to uh, 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 just know that people are going to do dumb things. People will limit themselves. Uh, it's hard to be a part of that 1%. That two percent is it's difficult to be a part of the discipline, and 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 God wants us to have a renewed mind, a mind that breaks the limits off of it, so that we can be limitless because we're connected to a God who's limitless. Let's keep going. Hope to help, family. But that's just people. My brother, appreciate you, man. Rose Purple, good afternoon. By the way, you're so welcome, Rose. Good afternoon, to you too. Uh, Josh Pierce, do you believe God has a great purpose behind it? Oh, um. I mean, there, there. Uh, oh, you talking about physical afflictions and limitations? Um, I've seen a lot of people who who were blind. You've heard about people that were blind that see that that see better than those who have eyes. You have people with no legs who have walked further than people with legs. You have people. God's going to get the glory from it. God, did, God wasn't the one that designed them that way. We live in a fallen world, and unfortunate decisions of 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 the carrier. Decisions, uh, just the biological stuff can lead to some people, but God, no matter what, no matter how a person was born, it doesn't, it doesn't limit them being reborn and being mightily used by God to show other people with, with two arms, two eyes, feet, sight, and all that stuff on how, how, uh, it's all about the heart. It's all about the mindset. As long as you have a strong mindset and a strong heart and a will, uh, it doesn't matter what your physical limitations are. God can get the glory from it. Sometimes God gets more glory from people who are physically limited than those who are not because they're so used to having those things. They don't appreciate those things. 
Thank you all so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, share all that good stuff. Thank you all for joining me this evening. Lilo27 says, hi, coach. I am currently struggling with being a, in a mental rut. I was on fire with getting healthy, but struggling to just get out of bed. I feel numb and just going through the motions. How to get out? Well, uh, the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, every day is a gift. That's what they call the present. And you have to be present to unwrap the present to see what God has in the present, right? And so sometimes we become in a mental rut it's because we are uh, we have too much on our plate. Uh, maybe possibly you're overthinker. Uh, possibly uh, there's not a, a lot of investment in your relationship with God because the joy of the Lord is your strength. J not journeying with the Lord leads you not to have the joy of the Lord, which means that you won't have the, the vigor of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, right? The more you journey with him and become a journeyman or a journeywoman with God, and the more you engage him, the more your joy is strengthened, the more you are full of joy, the more you have perspective, the more you feel content, the more you are in awe of God, the more you see God operating your life, even in the midst of what you're going through, right? And then from there, you will begin to have joy that will strengthen you. And then you have something for that day. That day is valuable. The devil comes nothing but to steal, kill, destroy. He wants to steal your time. He wants to kill your momentum and destroy your purpose with these mental clouds, mental confusions, a uh, poor dieting that affects the way we think. Um, you have two, you have two brains. You, your gut has is more of a brain to a degree than your own brain is. And if we don't take care of our uh, digestive system, if we don't eat the right things, if we don't drink the right things, then it affects our mental st uh, stamina and our ability. And so you said, I, I am currently struggling with the, in, being in a mental rut. Now, you got to look at that mental rut. Number one, check your gut, right? Make sure you're eating right, right? Uh, uh, um, check your uh, uh, um, the root. What is the root of this mental rut? You can go all the way back a few weeks or a few months back to when this rut started. Find the root and find the um, find the root and and check your gut, right? And check those two things because the Holy Spirit is going to show this is the reason why you went mentally south. And then you got to ask yourself. Let me check my regimens. Am I am I spiritually disciplined? Uh, uh, how's my relationship with God? How are we? Right? You said I was on fire with getting healthy, but struggling to just get out of bed. Well. Uh, um, that's the path that the enemy leads towards you being dead, dead emotionally, dead mentally, dead spiritually. You got to have a purpose for your day. I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down what you must live for, who you must live for. Why are, were you, why were you created for the time of this? What is your purpose? What are you here to do? These are questions that will help you get out of bed. There's sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. But I have too many wives. I have a wife, so I gotta get up. I, I have I have a God. I gotta get up. You know what I'm saying? I have kids that are waiting for me at school. I gotta get up, man. If I, if my if I'm late to work, if I gotta go do something, if I'm working half a day, kids are panicking. Kids are looking at Mr. Ezzy's trucking out there. Where Mr. Ezzy at? That's what motivates me. I mean, I gotta get up. I got someone to get up for, a people to a group to get up for. I got I got God to get up for. Right. And so you got to find out why you got to get out of bed. Because the enemy wants you to be dead mentally, emotionally, physically. He wants that because you have nothing to get out of bed for that gives you life. You said, I feel numb and just going through the motions. Now you got to find a reason for the motion. 
Reason for the motion. How do you get out? Number one, check your gut. Check out what you're eating because most of our depression is due to a bad diet. Number two, you got to check the root. What is the root of this reason? Why am I in this rut? Next three, I check your relationship with God and see where you and God are. Because if, if you're in this position, it means you're far from him. The enemy is going to lead you from him because the joy of the Lord is your strength and you don't have the strength to get out of bed. Therefore, you don't have no joy with God. Number four, you got to now check your regimens. Now you got to just be disciplined. You got to check your regimen, right? Now, uh, after before your regimen, you got to find your reason. What is the reason why you got to get out of bed? What is the reason? What is the reason why you got to get out? Find your reason from your relationship with God, right? And then develop your regimens because the more you get disciplined, the more you start wanting to get in the midst of your day and be successful. Hope they help. God's girl says, She says, hey, coach, in these last days, as the Bible says, the days of Noah, they were married and going on with life. Does that mean we today are not supposed to think of getting married, buying houses? Uh, you just continue to pursue your purpose. I'm not going to allow the last days to distract me from having my best days. Because I, no matter what, I still got to be useful. God's going to still have to, uh, God's still going to uh, enable me to be whatever. And in these days, uh, uh, we're not meant to distract us from still having joy in them, still rejoicing about them, right? So uh, continue to pursue God because we don't even know. We may have 40 more years. We may have 50 more years. And sometimes the last days are, is a distraction to a lot of people, keeping them worried, keeping them fearful, keeping them um, too preoccupied on the rapture that they're not reaching and pressing forward in the day that God has to them right now. So, yeah, if you still have a joy, a, a, a desire to get married, desire to buy house kids, keep going that direction. Just keep going that direction as God is leading you. I don't want you to get distracted by that or the last days. You just got to focus on God every day. Be with him every day. And he'll lead and guide you to all truth because we may have 40 years. We may have 50 years. We may have 100 more years. And there's a lot of people from the bootplanet plagues, from the slavery days, from, from back in Daniel and them days. Uh, or back in a, there was a lot of bad days in our in our in our in our history of humanity, and a lot of people after, post Christ probably thought, oh, he's coming for sure. These are the last days. Now the Bible does one as in the days of Noah. There was a lot of people that didn't they didn't want to be you know heterosexual, but but at the same time, that doesn't mean that we get so caught up in the last days, nor do we get caught up on uh, uh, making our best days. We can't idolize it too. We just gotta thank the Lord that I have an opportunity at this day. I would be glad in it and I will grow in it. And if it's his will, it'd be his will. Cause we all have to prepare ourselves to not have what we have desired to have. And what I mean by that is because what if God comes back tomorrow? I have to be okay with the idea of me never being a father. There's going to come a day when God's going to come back and somebody who desired to be married won't get married. When God comes back, there's going to be somebody who desired to have kids, but didn't have kids. When God comes back, there's going to be somebody that desire to have this type of business, this type of ministry, and didn't weren't able to. The goal is not to focus on what you want in your life. The goal is to focus on the one that gave you life and life more abundantly. To be so content in him that you, that's what, never build a house where you're supposed to pitch a tent. And if you look at the word content, that means tent. I construct a tent wherever God is. And if God picks up, I pick up my tent because I'm content in him. I'm connecting my tent and him. And most people are building houses, building monuments in places where God is only going to be there momentarily. And then it's going to be, it's hard to uproot a house to follow God. 
but it's easy to uproot a tent to follow God because you're content in him. So no matter what, stay content in him. Last days or best days, be content in him. Do you walk away from a disrespectful child? Um, hmm. You never want to walk away from a child. You, I mean, you can walk away temporarily if you feel like punching them through the throat. <laughs> then you might want to take a little breathing and a break. Um, but you, when it comes to disrespectful children, uh, I can only speak from the kids that I teach. Um, I teach people how to treat me. Um, spare the rod, spoil the child. Spare the instruction, spoil the child. Spare the instruction, ruin the child. Um, spare the discipline, ruin the child. Destroy the child. And so now uh, we like to give a lot of rod, but we don't want to give a lot of uh, um, uh, reasons, right? And so look at your child and ask yourself, what is the root of the disrespect? Why are they being disrespectful? Disrespect or poor behavior is a child crying out for something. They're crying out for attention. They're crying out for something, uh, for discipline. They're crying out. And sometimes the root of a kid's disrespect is due to us being too reluctant or too hesitant or too um, just you can do whatever you want. And now you're reaping, not you, but then parents start reaping what they sow. And so now you just have to curve that behavior uh, by, by discipline and accountability and just being who you need to be to help that child be who they need to be, right? And then be that loving, empathetic uh, um, mom uh, um, with, with discipline and correction, that balance as God helps you. And then you'll begin to see that, that behavior curve. There's a lot of kids who was once disrespectful to me and now they cool because I'm number one going to teach you how to treat me, fam. You ain't going to treat me like that. But I love you though. I love you. Sometimes kids are looking to hear I love you. They act out so they can see if you really care about them. Let me check on my wife real quick. Give me one second. You know, you got a hey, husband first, fam. Got to make sure she's all right. And she's up the street, so she's almost home. So I got maybe two more questions. Hey, coach, how do I address a person regarding their lack of consistency and not being a good communicator after I address my needs and standards of, in a friendship? Great question. Let me uh, look at the layers. Hey, coach, how do I address a person regarding their lack of consistency and not being a good communicator after I address my needs and standards in a friendship? Well, you have to understand that friendship is a very valuable uh, 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 position. And not everybody should hold that position. That's why we should never give permanent positions to temporary people, nor should we give permanent positions to people that shouldn't even be there temporarily, right? And friendship, relationship, partnership, hardship are ships that not everybody's equipped to sail with you on. Not everybody's meant to sail with you in a friendship because a friendship means a friend means someone that's willing to fry with you to the end <laughs> and a person that's willing to uh, be there to the end if they don't have no endurance for them they don't have any endurance for god they won't be able to have no endurance to be with you to the end as a friend relationship you don't want to be nobody to sell with you in a relationship because a relationship is to be with someone that relates to you 
That's why Jesus had to come in to die to give us access to God so that we can relate again, so that he could put his spirit in us, so that we can now have something in us that relates to God, giving us relationship. Relationship means that we have something that we relate in. And most time people are getting relationships with a man and their purposes don't relate. Their personalities don't relate. Their, their, their ideals don't relate. Their values don't relate. They get with women whose value standards, ideals doesn't, do not relate. Their standards about God don't relate. And now you're selling rough, rough waters with someone on your relationship. And then you find yourself relationship either abandoned or sunken, right? You got people who are partners, partners with people on partnerships or hardships. Not every people, some people's hearts are too hardened to help you go through your hardship. So what I'm saying is, is that you got to start auditing and assessing this friendship. And you got to ask yourself, what do I want from this friend? Assess their endurance. Do they have endurance? Uh, uh, assess the, the benefit to requirement ratio between you and that individual. Do they get more benefits from the relationship? More so than they meet the requirements of the relationship? Because oftentimes we give benefits without first auditing someone's ability to meet the requirements. No job is going to give you health care or any type of benefits if you have at least proven on paper that you can meet the requirements. And there is a threat looming or there's there's a, there's there's this thing looming over people that if you don't continue to meet the requirements, you can be fired. Sometimes we hire people that should be uh, that that we we hire people that should be fired, and we fire people that should be hired because we don't even know what it means to even be a friend ourselves. How can you really know how to interpret who's a friend? How are you able um, to know who would be a good friend if you're not friends with God, friends yourself, and friendly to yourself? How can you really be friendly or friend if you're not friendly to yourself? Because if you don't have no limits or no standards for you, no values for you, then people will misuse you, right? And so if there are, if there's a lack of consistency and they're not a good communicator, it could be that you have a lot of empathy that they're benefiting from, or you have a lot of benefits they're benefiting from, and there's no mutual requirements that y'all both desire to cement and to be something that y'all can build on going forward. So sometimes the best way is not to address them. Sometimes you gotta let the friendship die and then you demote them. Now, uh, if it's work now, now, there could be seasons in friendships where friends are going through tough seasons and you have to be more to them than they can be for you. But when it, when it's your turn, they, they, they recoup, they, they help you. They, they're back doing what you would do for them. And if that's not there, you demote them in your mind. Just be like, you know what? There's no need for me to reach out to them. There's no need for me to be consistent with them. There's no need for, I, I match energies. If your energy, if your vibe is giving me association vibes, you're an associate. If your vibes are giving me a uh, best friend vibes and you have the opportunity to be a best friend, but you have to earn that. Positions shouldn't be easily given. They should be earned. Friendship positions should not be easily thrown out there because when you're a friend of God, you're very selective on who your friends are because you're content in your friendship with God. I don't know new friends. I don't need friends. I appreciate the friends I have, but I don't have, I don't need them because now my need could cause them to feel uncomfortable because some, uh, the other flip side is some people are so desperate for friends that they become too friendly, they become too annoying, and they get mad when that person wants to leave because you are trying to make them more to you than they need to be. Now, some people out there is like, you gotta be my friend. That person's like, fam, you're asking me to do what only God can do. There's three friends in your life. God as a friend, you as a friend, and people as a friend. There are certain type of things that only God can give through only his friendship to you.
There's some things that only you can give to you through your friendship with you. So sometimes we putting too much pressure on friends as peoples because we want them to be a, a friend to us like God can only can or to be a friend to us like only we can can. And then now they feel overburdened and weekend and don't want to hang out with you on the weekend because you weakened. All right. And so when you have that process of friendship, when God is your best friend and you're a good best friend of you, then you know how to delegate your friendship or distribute your friendship and know how to determine friendship. Uh, because because when you're desperate for something, you can easily be destroyed by that something. Hope that help. Great question, y'all. Joshua Pittman says, I have an affliction with my vision. And my right eye is way worse than my left and often feels painful at times. Any advice on keeping the faith when I haven't been healed yet? It hurts a lot. Well, healing happens when habits change. What I will do, I will look up inflammation. I will look up a lot of different things on what may cause vision problems and then begin to... Um, wife just got home. Then you'll be able to start looking uh, for remedies. Um, uh, maybe you've been dehydrated for a long period of time. Maybe you have it. Maybe you have a poor diet. And sometimes we, we continue to have poor, I'm not talking about you, but hear me. Sometimes we have poor habits and they get mad at God on why God hasn't healed us, but we forget that healing happens when habits change. If God was in the healing business 100% of the time, he wouldn't have given, he wouldn't have gave us an immune system. It is our stewardship of our immune system that will resolve 95% of the problems, if not more, that we have uh, in, in, in afflictions, right? Check your diet, check your uh, uh, disciplines, check your uh, durations. You know, how often am I doing something? Am I wearing my eyes out, right? Am I doing the most, right? There's a lot of things you got to assess uh, before we start saying, um, why hasn't God healed me, right? And so if your right eye is worse than your left eye and often feels painful at times, just start looking at natural remedies when it comes to the eyes. Um, one of the people that I love to look at article-wise is Dr. Axe. I'll put it right here in the comments. Dr. Axe. I will then, I will Google, I uh, will put Dr. Axe, um, eye care, eye uh, foods that helps the eyes, uh, things that causes eyes to be weak. And then reverse those different things, create the habits that will bring the health you desire. God ain't going to heal you if he knows that you're going to practice the same habits that hurt you. And so healing happens when habits change. So I would definitely uh, check into that because there's a reason why your eye is like that. It could be biological. It could be emotional and mental. It could be social. It could be spiritual. It could be a lot of different things. But you got to check the root of it so that you can uh, 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 grow from it. I got time for maybe one or two more and I got to go. Um, Miss says, hey, coach, my boyfriend says he feels forced to talk to me sometimes. What does that mean? Um, it just depends. Only you know the nature of your relationship. It could be one or two things. Either he's just a poor communicator. He doesn't want to communicate or, or, or your concerns is making him uncomfortable in communication. Or the other flip side is that you could be um, making him more to you than you need to. And he, you might be a little overbearing. Um, you might be trying to force him to communicate in ways that he's not wired to communicate. And that's why I said other videos, you got to have a, a, a conversation on communication with this, with your significant other and ask them, um, how, how often do you communicate? How do you like to communicate? Um, you can take the personality test of 16 personalities.com. I will go there and really see how is he wired? How are you wired? And, and to see what makes them different. So 
Um, it could be that y'all communicate differently. You could be an outgoing uh, 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 communicator, like you're extrovert and you like to communicate, and he might be introvert. Like for me, I can't handle small talk. Small talk makes me cringe. Small talk is like scratching your nails on a chalkboard. You see what I'm saying? I can't do small talk. But when it comes to deep talk, philosophical talk, discussions, I can go deep. I'll go deep on those different things. So, but 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 also in marriage, my wife wants small talk. I have to compromise, but she understands and I understand our differences, right? And she's not like that. She likes deep talk too. But what I'm saying is, is that uh, there's different communication styles based upon our personality types and how we're wired. And that's why understanding clears the air on a lot of things that may be causing the most conflict in our relationships. So number one, it could be that you have concerns and, and he's doing things that's bothering you and he doesn't want to communicate with you because it kind of exposes him. He feels guilty or whatever. Or it could be the flip side that you could be overbearing where you want to communicate in a ways that he's not wired to and you may be a little bit too much. And now your feelings are getting hurt because you make him do something that hurts him, that, that, that kind of irks him. Right. And so you got to find that common balance on on how y'all uh, benefit in communication and have that conversation. Take the test. See how you're wired. But only, you know, if the dynamics is you're right, coach, I he, I caught him in something and I want to have I want to talk about it, but he don't want to talk about it. Then, you know, woo, woo, that is if you feel like, yeah, man, I kind of idolize this relationship. I kind of make this relationship more than it needs to be. And I, I am overbearing to him because I need him to fill a void. Then, you know, that you know how to fix that there by making God your supply and, and kind of chill out on that. Um, or it could just be a, a misinformation on that leads to miscommunication. And y'all got to find a missing link between y'all's communication. Y'all can be linked up and have a, have a thriving communication from there. I got to go, y'all. My wife's home. Haven't seen her all day. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I pray um, that y'all got something from this. Make sure you check out my latest book, um, The Wholeness Journal. You got the purple vibes or you got the gray vibes, right? Um, but either way, uh, it's a good vibe. So these books right here are available now on my website. Uh, or on Amazon, uh, IamUnplugged.com, or you can just go to Amazon. If you want to give and support what I do, and you was blessed by this, and you want to support financially, you can do so there on my website. If you want books, card games, resources, you can go there as well. Um, a lot of great worksheets, a lot of great materials, podcasts, all that stuff on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Um, what else? Books like uh, Dating Prep, books like The Purpose of Singleness, Books, if you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, purpose of freedom, you need discernment help, the book on discernment. And I have other books, uh, books on spiritual warfare. Let me see if I can pull that graphic up. I got the uh, the red book called World War Me. It's a book on spiritual warfare, how to put on the whole armor of God so you can withstand the evil day. Um, that white book in the top right corner is my children's book. Those are my cartoon, me and my wife's cartoon characters. As he says, as for students I serve. So we have eight books on my website. I am unplugged.com. Let me scroll down and see because a lot of people say thank you at the end. I want to make sure I sh uh congratulations on the book, bro. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you, fam. God bless you too, my friend. Uh, uh Dave says, Amen. Thanks, coach. Oh, let me stop reading your questions because then y'all get me mentally engaged. Uh, my bad, Skyron. I don't know, know what you mean, fam, but appreciate your support over the years. Love y'all, man. I'll see y'all next time. Y'all be blessed. Uh, don't be stressed. Be blessed. Peace.